on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Facing No Podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you'd like to support the show and help us tell more stories like the one you're about to hear, please visit crazyfacingno.com today where you can purchase items from an online store or donate. As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely. And before I introduce my guest today, I want to first tell you about our next live stream coming up later tomorrow, actually. So if you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day at 3 p.m. today, Eastern Time, Thanksgiving edition, that's Thursday, Thanksgiving Day at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be taking calls and listening to your favorite Thanksgiving memories, and of course, you're all about the things you are thankful for. If you prefer to write out or send us your Thanksgiving memories and things you're thankful for, go ahead and do that. Email us at info at crazyfaceuno.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. Boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today, Tessa Paul. Welcome, Tessa. A little longer intro, uh, some some uh, little uh, quirky, unfortunate mistakes. But hey, that's the life, right? Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's just. It's just part of the way it goes. I, uh, we don't really edit things unless I mess it up really bad in the beginning. Um, so I just like to I like to put it all out there. So here we are, guys. Absolutely. Tessa, how are you today? Oh man, I'm so, sorry. Been, no, it's, I mean, so I figured that you would get into this a little later, but as an Enneagram type four, I feel most alive mm. on days like today. Mm. Um, and so that's, yeah, it's just kind of is how life is for me. Yeah, I am also a four, I believe. So, yeah, so I, I can I... kind of relate. Janelle is kind of the one that, like, Help me uh, kind of figure some of this out. So. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna admit something a little bit. Yes. Um. So as as like you and Janelle got reconnected and we're yeah. talking, and she was like, Shane and I have been talking for like four days straight incessantly, and <laughs> it's kind of giving me a lot of life. But I really think that he's an Enneagram type four, and here are the things. <laughs> yeah. Here are the things that I him as a four but you who know that you are a four can you just like confirm or deny some of these (laughs) yeah it's funny we sat sat in her apartment drinking a full bottle of wine and discussing your heck yeah heck yeah that's awesome that is awesome these are things that i feel make him really likely to be a type four but i like I clearly don't know because that's not my type. Yeah. How do you feel? (laughs) Yeah, that is so funny. Yeah, I I like got off. So we did a pot. So, all right. If you're listening, Tessa is Janelle Pauls, who we've done a couple podcasts with. She's helped me with some things on the backside of things and kind of helped me uh, filter some of my brain uh, (laughs) a little bit at times. And uh, you're really good at it. (laughs) 
Yeah. And both having the clutter brain and also oh, helping man. sort someone else's brain. There's a thousand things going through my brain at one time, and I'm sure yeah, you understand that. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've, you know, we've talked about it there, and I got off the podcast, and we'd been talking, you know, for those four days that she was talking about, and I eventually, I took the test online, and it told me I was a two, and I was like, yeah, it kind of relates, I mean, some of it, and... But there's like a few things I was just like, ah, man, I don't know. Like I was like, so the way the test works, if you're listening, there's a bunch of questions they give you and then they give you numbers that kind of match these different uh, Enneagram numbers, one through nine. And so like I had like 15s, which is like kind of the average, like, I don't know, like four different ones I had like right around that 13 to 16 mark, you know, it was like really closely related. And uh, anyway, I wasn't sold. So I bought the book. Uh, the aud- audible book book, um, man, I do this Did you every start time. With the road back to you. Yes, the road back to you. Yeah, yeah, which was awesome. That's a really good one to listen to to discover your type. I feel. Yeah. Um, and then the the kind of next step that I recommend to a lot of people, because really, if you're like if you're into the enneagram, you are into the enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's no halfway. Right. You're not like, oh, this is interesting. This is my type. I kind of, whatever. Um, th- there's no, like, casual Enneagram partaker. Right. You're, like, you're fully in or you're fully out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so The Road Back to You is a really good way to just kind of learn about the types and find the one that you feel suits you the best. Or mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have experienced finding their own type through the the one that hurts them the most Mm. like if there's a type that you really don't like there's a pretty good chance that that's you yeah because you're seeing all of your faults spilled out in front of you yeah um and really reacting against that um Mm. but it's it's because it's what you recognize the most um and so the road back to you is a really good tool to use in that but um the kind of second step that i recommend for a lot of people is the Sacred Enneagram by Chris Hewitt. All right, I'm writing this down. The Sacred. <laughs> yeah, the Sacred Enneagram. Um, and it speaks through kind of the systems of how the Enneagram works, like okay. the triads and the paths of integration and disintegration of like stress and health and, um, <clears throat> and kind of talks through how each type reacts to the world. Mm. Um, and that it's a really good second point where like you kind of understand the types a little bit and it, it does start with describing each of the types, but it doesn't say like, this sure. is the chapter on type one. And it really helps it like goes through all of them concurrently. Um, and so it helps you not only understand the Enneagram as a whole tool, but it also helps you have a lot of compassion for all the other types mm. and like see the ways that the other types have been broken since childhood mm. and also helps you see their paths to redemption. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I need, to, I need to check that one out. It's absolutely incredible. That might be my weekend um, book I just buy and I have I have a oh, credit available on Audible right now, so maybe I'll just oh, totally. pick that one yeah. up and cruise yeah, through absolutely. it. Yeah, Dana and I, my wife, we, I, we were sitting, we had a weekend away in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a free hotel room for two nights, couldn't beat that, so... 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like lounging on the beach, and I was listening to this, and I did the classic thing, you know, that you're not supposed to. They talked about in the book or whatever. I was like, ha ha ha! Like I know what you are. <laughs> and uh, but I I couldn't what? help myself. She's she's a nine. She's a solid she's nine. A nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, she's yeah. perfect for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she she helps so, kind of balance me out a little bit. Yeah, totally. So there are a lot of ways that nines and fours can really like balance each other out. Like I'm sure that she's a really like soothing and kind of um, evening source for you. Yes. Um, but there are also a lot of really specific ways that nines can hurt fours. Mm. Um, and <laughs> and in that like in in some ways fours need conflict yeah because they they need the the like i was actually just talking about this with a nine friend of mine of like i i need conflict because i feel so much stress and tension around this one conversation that we had three weeks ago um and like i and i know that he's never gonna bring it up yeah uh, because he's like literally called a peacemaker yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's never going to happen. And so I have to be the one to do it, but then that's not fair. And then there's like all of this. Right. Uh, and like, because you feel like the, like we feel like the bad guy, like yeah, by bringing it up, yeah. it's like, well, but yet we're not necessarily, at least for myself, like between me and Dana, like we, we have really good communication, which is good. That's so wonderful. But it's also, yeah. Like I feel that a lot where I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like the bad guy where I'm like, I don't want, I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. Like, I'm not the yeah. one that needs to tell you to, like, pick up after yourself, you know, or, like, yeah. whatever yeah. it is, you know, or, yeah. uh, like, I don't want to be the one to, to do that. I feel like the bad guy every time. Or, yeah, I don't know, like. And, like, why is the burden of emotional labor on me yeah. to make this happen? Yeah, but, totally. But I, totally. but I do that a lot. Like, I don't know. We're, we're pretty good about things. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think our That's, biggest thing really is, like, her wanting to like settle down and just like sit and relax and like she's perfectly content doing that and I'm like let's go you know like I I feed off of I feed off of her and feed off of her energy you know and like the energy of people around me like when people are like happy and pumped up like I'm happy and pumped up you know yeah and when people are sad and I, I feel I'm sure you get this I feel people's emotions very very uh closely and yeah uh, very acutely yeah and they're yeah they're real. Like yeah. I can, I, yeah. I have like that sixth sense with people where you're like, yeah, I don't know. Something wasn't right there. Like, I don't know. At least I yeah. feel that way. Um, yeah. I but, for sure have like, I've had conversations with someone where I'm like, are you, are you okay? Like something yeah. feels a little off. Yeah. And they're like, no, I'm fine. And then 10 minutes later, they're like, yeah, actually this uh, thing is bugging me. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah but again it's like a blessing and a curse at the same time because sometimes you're like i just wish i was completely oblivious to this person being really off put by me right now you know or like oh yeah totally or yeah like you've got an attitude and i don't really like it you know like i would really like and and sometimes i have trouble holding that in and keeping that to myself and at the same time then i go back and i think about what i said later and i like beat myself up about it it's like the classic forward thing yeah the melancholy feelings i'm like that i get those real really strongly those are oh yeah all the time yeah yeah they get you yep but you 
you also feel great for, grateful for them mm. in in a weird way, right? Like, yeah, if I can come out of them. To me, I'm like every, <laughs> and this is something that Chris Hewitt said on a podcast episode uh, that I was listening to. I think it was on the Sleeping at Last podcast episode about the Atlas Type Four mm. song. Um, which those are an incredible source of Enneagram knowledge. Yeah, I just heard about those. I I haven't listened to them yet. I want to listen to them. It's a solid, like, 20 hours of material. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. so gorgeous. And, like, I honestly have never felt more seen and understood as an Enneagram Type 4, which, like, Type 4 is all about, like, feeling like you don't have a, a unique identity, and feeling like you're not... Um, but crave being unique. But craving uniqueness. And so, like, there's... In in the song about <laughs> type fours, the song ends um, with the lyrics, what if we already were what we've... Sorry. What if we already are what we've been dying to become? Mm. Ouch. Which, in and of itself, isn't a lot. But then it goes on and says, in certain light, I can plainly see magnificence hidden in you and maybe even in me and so the the kind of blessing and curse of the type four is saying i can see how every single person on this earth is beautiful Mm. and unique and glorious and i can't see that within myself i i that yep that's pretty that uh that hits home (laughs) yeah yeah that's uh first time i listened to that song i I was like, I, I was formerly in several different jobs and was just driving all the time. Sure. Um, and so I would listen to like books and music and everything in the car. And so like yeah. most of my media consumption was while I was driving. Um, and so I listened to that for the first time and I, while well, I was in the car and I had to pull over because I was like hyperventilating because yeah. I was crying <laughs> so bad. And I was like, Oh my God. And I, like, have honestly never felt more seen and understood as I did in that moment. Um, yeah. And it, it just unlatched something in me, and I felt so um, swaddled, almost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, sure. Like, past being, like, warm and, and felt and understood, I felt like this really visceral, like, physical presence with me um and just kind of like a like a kid being wrapped up after being hurt in like in your parents arms and it was so surreal um and it it yeah it just that alone healed a lot (laughs) of like childhood trauma (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. man crazy yeah i'm i'm really intrigued i'm really into it um you know i Dana and I eventually, like, she listened to The Nine. I was like, you got to listen to this. So you just listen to it with me. Like, I think it was, like, on our way back that day, you know, like, from mm-hmm. Miami. And yeah. uh, I was like, all right, now I want you to listen to, like, we listened to one, uh, listen to twos, because that was, like, one that, you know, the one that I was confused about, and then the fours. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she was like, you're a four. You're a hard four. I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Glad we got yeah. that squared away. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle once described me as the forest four that ever fored, and I was like, wow, okay, harsh, but true. I'm going to take that, but yeah. I think she was sad about it. Yeah, I love it. It does It does feel good to, like, 
have quote an identity of some sort you know something to go back on but I don't know if you feel this way at all but like I don't like knowing that it's just part of who I am you know like the feelings the melancholy like sometimes I'm like well if it's just who I am then I gotta pull myself out of this you know like I know it now like which is part of the reason you know what I mean like I don't know I'm not like there's things that I I don't like about like I don't want to be emotional I don't want to be moody I don't want to be like melancholy I don't I don't know like there's just things when I catch myself and I'm like is this is this real or is this like just part of like the foreignness of me you know what I mean like not that it's not real but is it how do I how do I say it um no I get what you're saying I totally understand um I went through I went through a time where my foreignness felt like a burden mm, yeah um, maybe that's and, it like enneagrams Enneagram descriptions that are not written by fours just are really harsh. <laughs> like, fours get a really bad rap. Yeah. And, um, and they're like, oh, they're so moody. They're so temperamental. They're so, you know, like, yeah. So dramatic. So everything. Yeah. But like, the, the, they seem to not understand that that's like literally built into the fiber of who we are. <laughs> I know. Um, I haven't accepted that, it yet, baby. That's so it. Spent, yeah. And so I, I went through this really like dark time with the Enneagram where I, I, it just felt so, so heavy of like, well, this is just my cross to bear. Like, this is just my lot in life. And it fucking sucks. Right. And, you know, and that, I, like, I went through that whole thing of, of, like, this isn't, this isn't fair. That yeah. I have to do this. Um, and then I, I realized and came to this conclusion of, like, fours have a lot of gifts that they can offer the world. Yeah. And, like, the gifts we can offer is empathy and emotional mm-hmm. presence. And, like, I had one of my friends... Um, oh, it was, it was Tyler Grant. Um, Tyler, he, for a long time thought that he was a two, uh, wing three, and then realized that he's a three wing two. Uh. Um, and so he, and he, I was like, yeah, you're the most driven human I know. Yeah. (laughs) But sure. Yeah. You can think you're a two. That's fine. (laughs) Um, uh, but he, he, I was talking through like just a really um I was talking about a way that I had like been kind of showing up and in some ways mentoring or or leading or just kind of supporting one of my friends through this like really tragic and horrible thing that had happened Mm -hmm. and he he was like Tessa you're you're just in like you're a person that has just more emotional stamina that like I would not be able to do a tenth of what you have said that you've done for her Um, and and your your gift of emotional stamina to stay through all of that with that person like I I don't I don't get it like I I love that in you because I don't understand it sure and I just can't um and he at one point was like I'm sorry if there have been times that you needed that from me and I just couldn't give it to you Mm -hmm. um and and that was 
like the most beautiful and true apology I ever could have asked for, you know, because yeah. there, there have been times when I'm like, Tyler, I need you to be distraught with me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's a little upsetting. And I'm like, no, it's the worst. Yeah. Um, because that's just kind of the reality of the four is that everything is when it's a when it's a fire it's a fire like yeah it's either it's on or it's off yeah you know yeah yeah and i can i can shut down my emotions for a a minute but that's i know that that's a sign of unhealthiness in me Mm, and so like if i'm numbing things out i know that i'm hiding from something Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to be able to hide that forever yeah it comes and rears its ugly head a little bit later (laughs) in real big ways yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 100 yeah but i think that's when it's so great to have those people to talk to you know i'm an external processor anyway and i don't know if that's just a four thing or if it's a me thing but um you know like i i need those like grounded people where i can go all right am i irrational is this irrational right now like Uh help me process this you know um I've had a couple things like that, even in recent, you know, like months and whatnot, like yeah, where I felt slighted by somebody and I'm like, really? Like, like, and I, you know, like I, you just like want to like cut, cut the cord done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I wash my hands of you, sir. Yeah. Like <laughs> totally. wh- why are you, why are you playing me like that? Why are you doing me like that? Mm-hmm. Whatever. But yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you want to like go to the extreme, address it, whatever. And sometimes it's just like, you know what? after processing that and settling down a little bit and not being uh, reactionary to my emotions, I've decided that we're not going to do what I wanted to do originally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, just, I come to the conclusion that that was a bad plan. Yes. <laughs> it was a great plan, but maybe yeah. a little extreme. <laughs> it was a well-processed, well-thought-out plan. Yeah. Phone call. <laughs> yeah, right? Turns yeah. Out. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you didn't mean to do that? Something that I had to learn how to do was to kind of give myself permission to be irrational and recognize the irrationality in the moment and say, like, if I'm processing something with someone and I'm, I, I have found it easier if I say, I know this isn't a rational thought, but here's what I'm feeling right now. And I'm going to talk myself out of this in a second. I just need to say it out loud. Yeah. (laughs) It's sometimes it's so, uh, yeah, but you feel it yeah. so strongly, like, uh, totally. like totally. to the core of who you are. Yeah. 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 Crazy. I'm also interested, um, I'm interested, and this might open a whole big can of worms and so, that's fine. Um, but I'm interested to know if you're like, if, if your uh, rebuff against your own emotionality is because of like a presence of like a a set idea of what masculinity is Mm. like if if it's rolled into kind of the gendered conservative christian world yeah i think it was for a long time i don't i don't know that it is anymore if that makes a really convoluted way to ask that but (laughs) no I, i i've really thought about that a lot just the effects of the um, growing up in a very conservative Christian evangelical world, you know, um, of 
not where there's like men are providers and women are yeah caretakers and yeah i feel that very much like i still struggle with that and that's just a rooted something that's rooted within me that i haven't quite released um i've gotten closer you know yeah i've um i've definitely gotten closer to like letting some of that go um but i haven't got there yet definitely like I mean, it's all a process for all of us. Yeah. I, I like, I don't know. It's the, yeah, that whole part, you know, I've talked a lot about on the podcast and whatnot, but, mm-hmm. um, the thing that, that, that's really interesting to me is, yeah, the rules and these like, yeah, I think there is some of that that's underlying that I haven't quite like uncovered and, and dug up. But I don't necessarily yeah. think it's with this specific thing and me like pushing back against that. I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty accepting of like being an emotional guy, right? Like I cry. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not afraid to be like I I I cry, but I can also kick your ass. So what are you gonna do about it? You know? So like. So deal with it. Yeah, like at the same time, I like. I probably will <laughs> afterwards. I probably will. Like it's that oh, yeah. extreme emotion. It's like if I'm happy I cry if I'm sad I cry if I'm mad I cry like all of it like that's just how I if I get to that point it's it's happening so yeah you're probably right I probably will cry at the end like afterwards and once the adrenaline comes down I'll be remorseful (laughs) and regretful for what I've done but um but yeah like I don't so I don't feel like there are parts of it's funny because I just don't I don't see masculinity that way necessarily but I think that there's like things that are rooted within me that I that I'm like I don't see it that way, but I have these visceral reactions that are that are like I'm not cognizant of, you know, that are just kind of yeah. like buried. And so like there's I a lot I, of like indoctrinating that has happened. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. So I think some of my you know evangelical roots for sure have come out in that way, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's that's an interesting thing, and I. I I definitely should probably unpack that a little bit more at some point in time. Yeah, I mean, we all have baggage, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, we got plenty of it. Just pack it on, carry it around, you know, backpack, couple uh, couple duffel bags, you know, computer yeah. bag, whatever, you know. Some roller bags all tied together. Yeah. Like nine of them. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple computers with hard drives because we backed it up. Now we got oh, the yeah. cloud, though, so, you know, we just got that cloud that you can just oh, totally. start shoving stuff up into the cloud <laughs> yep. and take it everywhere you go. <laughs> yup. Well, that's so hard. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually was just texting with one of my friends. Um, he is, he's a, a younger male student of mine. Sure. Um, and he... He was like, yeah, I'm, I really want to, like, I feel really stale at my, um, at my home parish and I just, I don't want the kind of whatever. And so I'm, he's a church musician. And so he's, okay. he's singing in different places. He's like, I just want to do something fun for Christmas for once. And I was sure. like, man, you're 18 and you're already this jaded. Right. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Um, but also I, yes. I was a church musician for several years and got super yeah. bogged down in all the like work and all the mm-hmm. like it, um, ephemeral theology. 
psychology and yeah and kind of that world and i forgot that it's about relationships mm. and i had to leave working in churches in order to keep my faith yeah and that's a really tough thing but he <laughs> i said to him i was like someday let's have a longer conversation about religious and spiritual trauma <laughs> yeah seriously like, it's a thing <laughs> I, I like hear things sometimes like there's you know i that's very much still a part of my world. I you you may may not have heard like I I just don't really I don't call myself a Christian anymore. I don't it's not something I relate to. I don't go to church anymore. I don't those like fundamental like pieces. You know, there's a lot that I I very much value and still hold true and and hold on to. You know, but I it just looks different. And I talk about it differently, and uh, I I don't think that honestly things are too much different but i just i I just i've ran away from those evangelical roots in so many ways and yeah, uh well and in so many ways that world is built on such toxic ideals mm. and such um narrow ideas of what uh, like so many things are about like it i don't know it's so much and there's so there's a lot of conversations happening about and around Bethel right now that are just so convoluted and there's a lot of um, toxicity being called out about Bethel and and kind of how damaging it all has been, especially in regards to diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Um, And like how interesting that your office of diversity inclusion had one whole person of color (laughs) yeah and like that's not cool and we're we're talking about um we're talking about race we're talking about lgbtq plus community we're talking about like all of these different things like you you can't there anyway there's just a lot of toxicity that was built up around bethel and especially uh, I mean, this is going to be some hot takes for some old Bethel friends of yours. Um, but with the new administration has come a lot of poison. Um, and I, so the new president came in partway through my time at Bethel. Okay. Are you working was, at Bethel? I don't even know. What What are you, are, is this still like a community that you're part of? <laughs> Sorry, like we haven't even got into that. We started, we just yeah. went for it, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't even know what you do, to be completely honest. So, so let's right. get into that. But let's 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 set the let's set the uh, let's set the tone here. Let's set the pace. Yeah, yeah. So um, my my family, we lived in Indiana for a really long time when I was little, and then we moved to Portland when I. So my parents and I moved to Portland when I was twelve. Okay. Um, and so I, we lived in Portland for about eight years. Um, I came back here for school for Bethel. Okay. Um, and then partway through my time at Bethel, my mom started working at Bethel. So they moved back. Um, which means that I had a really different upbringing from the rest of my siblings because I'm five, 10 and 12 years younger than them. Right. Which means they all were out of the house when we moved to Oregon. Sure. It was just my parents and me. So, and that's, I mean, if you think about 12, like, oh, that's where your most formative years begin. Yeah. And so yep. I feel like 
in a lot of ways, I became who I am in Portland, mm. which was just a very fundamentally different area than sure. tiny little Middlebury that's mostly Amish and isn't even an actual town. <laughs> um, so, like, that's where everyone else had their upbringing, and right. mine was in, in big, scary Portland, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just have a lot of, like, fundamentally different uh, understandings of the world from my from my family, I feel. Sure. Um, which I think contributes a lot to my foreness, because I feel like the black sheep. I feel mm. like the, the, you know, very different one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but... So that so I came back here for Bethel, um, mostly for the music department. So I, I went to Bethel from 2011, uh, fall of 2011 to spring of 2015. Um, okay. So I I went mainly for specifically it was for Bob Ham, because um, he had been such a good mentor to my older siblings, and um, mm-hmm. he told me he was like I I want to be your dad when you're here like. I've known you and loved you since you were 10 and I just, I want to be your dad. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I came, I came to Bethel, uh, started out as a vocal performance music ed double major. Um, eventually learned that I don't actually want to teach music classes. Uh, so I dropped my ed major, picked up a psych minor, um, and graduated in four years instead of four and a half. Way to go. Um, nice. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was, it was great. Um, so I, but my first year, my freshman year, was the first year that Bob found out that he had cancer. Mm. Um, and so my entire, and that was in October. So my entire first year was just, Bob has cancer. He's going to chemo. He's getting through it. We're going to do this together. Yeah. That was the entire focus of my freshman year. That had to be hard. Um, yeah, and then especially with him being in, such a like pivotal role in what where you were and like why you were there. Oh, totally, totally. Um, and so I kind of felt like the foundation of my purpose there was shaken a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was it was a really difficult time for me that year. And, you know, like, first year at college, away from your family, a whole, you know, country away is, yeah. is always going to be rough anyway. Um, right. But that, so that year, um, Tyler was living with my family in Portland. So we essentially just, like, switched kids. <laughs> um, That's so funny. So Tyler's parents really adopted me. Yeah. Uh, and took me in. So, and I started going to their house church, and I really loved that. It was just such a great community. Yeah. I was the youngest by like 35 years, and I didn't care, and they didn't care, and it was awesome. You know, like, yeah. It was just this really wonderful place um, and really like formative in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, sorry, I'm, I'm getting some timelines. You're good. Really squared away. Um, so then I went back for sophomore year. Bob was in remission, uh, but my voice teacher had had a kind of stroke-ish thing. And so he was still teaching, but he, it was really difficult because he just couldn't function at the same level anymore. Yeah. And so most, like, voice lessons as a voice major is pretty much the point of why you're there. 
Right. Um, and <laughs> I had to do a lot of work myself mm-hmm. as someone who had really only been in voice lessons for one year of her life. Um, and so that was, that was really difficult too. And then my in between sophomore and junior year is when Tyler's dad was killed. Right. Um, and in a drunk driving accident. Yeah. And so that was a really formative thing too. Um, and that year, so then it was just like, and that year I was put into a different voice teacher studio. Uh, and it was like the one that I had purposefully avoided because I felt like he was too harsh for me. Mm. Um, and then I was just kind of like tossed into his studio and showed up on the first day of classes. And he was like, Hey, you have a recital hearing in five weeks. <laughs> this is where you sing all of your repertoire memorized for us and we tell you if you're good enough to have a recital <laughs> and I was like oh well so, then um, <laughs> right <laughs> kind of a kick in the pants but uh maybe it's yeah maybe you'll get so, maybe it was good it, it was it was really good like yeah that was I was gonna say most, like I worked harder during those five weeks than I've worked on anything ever that's that's <laughs> a I feel like that's a four thing to too. this day <laughs> We had, I think we had about a semester's worth of lessons in those first five weeks. Um, wow. And he was like, "You, if you need me to come at 9 o'clock at night, I'm going to come to campus at 9 o'clock at night. We're going to have a voice lesson. I don't care. We we have work. Yeah. Um, and so that was really wonderful. That's great. And yeah. he, he literally said to me, hey, I'm going to get to know you later. It's going to be fine. We have, like, we have too much to do. Uh, and so we, like got to know each other really well and and he became kind of a surrogate dad to me as well um and it was it was really lovely uh but he so we we did all of that my junior year was was easily my best year at Bethel and I had some really great roommates that are like still my family today in fact I live with one of them um (laughs) that's great that's Uh, awesome so it's like her and her family and and whatever but um, they're, you know, they're easily the people that I'm closest to. Yeah. Bethel. Um, and then my senior year, uh, but they, two of the three of them were a year older, so they graduated. So then senior year, I kind of didn't really have a ton of friends because I had been best friends with them. Um, yeah. And, and dropped out of my ed degree or ed major, um, and so I wasn't in the same classes as the people that I had had my freshman and sophomore years. Yeah. Because like those courses were all kind of done. Finding a whole new group of people. and Yeah, and so I was, like, trying to build community as a senior, which was really weird mm. because I was also preparing to leave. And right. It was just this very, like, strange time. Um, and that was the year that Bob's cancer came back. Mm. And so the music faculty leaned a lot on the students for emotional support, which was not fair. And there was just like this whole big, and like in that time was when the administration changed and there was this like whole other environment. And so it was just, it was a really like difficult and toxic environment and in a lot of ways has gotten a lot worse. Mm. Um, and the music department is falling apart and like there were seven full-time faculty and now there's, I think three. Yeah. That's, and, uh, 
that's a good chunk that's missing <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 totally so and like I'm really good friends with uh someone who was in that position for a while and has stepped away and he and I kind of talked about what happened my senior year mm-hmm. and he it was in like in regards talking. to like the faculty and stuff or the the administration yeah. change all of it yeah because <laughs> all of it was together and d all of the of above what, <laughs> yeah part of it part of what was so awful was that um was that bob was unwell in so many ways but he also he needed the choir but the choir needed to not like to have a stable director yeah and that wasn't bob Mm. so it just created this it was this like chaos in some ways yeah yeah, this really tactile tension as well as this like really crazy chaotic like we're i'm headed into the choir room and i don't know who's directing us today right if we have a director um, because Bob was not often well enough to come into school, but he right. wouldn't step down mm. because he needed us emotionally. Yeah. And that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> so us, us seniors were like, cool, I need to graduate also. Yeah. I get that you're going through literal actual hell. Yeah. Which is like the... But it shouldn't be my job to tell you to give me my degree. Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting because I feel like it's a, I feel like that's like a Bethel thing. I feel like it would be like a very, um, yeah, verse, you know, if you were at a state college or a state university, you know, it it would be different. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't protect the students at all costs. Right. And it would, and that sounds bad too. harsh, you know, there's gotta be a a middle ground a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, totally. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. just a but, tough spot to be in. Yeah, but then administration finally stepped in and asked Bob to go on medical leave. And at that point, he made it very clear to us that it wasn't his his idea or his choice. Yeah. And so then we felt the burden of, like... Loyalty of who to... Yeah. yeah, the burden of loyalty, for sure. And we also felt really grateful to administration for finally doing something about it. But also, he was unwell in, like, November, and they didn't do anything until spring break. (laughs) (laughs) That's three months. Yeah. That's half a school year. Yeah, exactly. Floundering and, like, being a part of a smaller choir that did a lot of off-campus gigs. Like, we were scheduling our own gigs. We were figuring out transportation ourselves we were yeah. learning rep by ourselves we were you know doing all of that and it was trial it by fire and yet horrible. at the same time like that especially in, in the music arena uh genre yeah. it's like you you need you need those you know those Expert pieces eyes. and those things that you this expertise to for people to set you up for success for the future, to, to build your portfolio, to, you know, these are like things that are important for not just to graduate, but for your life afterwards, depending on what you want to do. Right. Totally. 
Yeah. And I've like I've had classmates who were also voice majors or music majors or even just heavily involved in the music department that are like, Yeah, I wouldn't drink as much as I do now if it wasn't for that year. <laughs> or like I wouldn't have these really terrible coping mechanisms if they hadn't been developed my senior year. Yeah. Like, it it was just hell. Yeah. It was terrible. Um and there's there's a lot of like baggage and trauma that's been ex- uh, just created out of that for me. Yeah. And a lot of it is because of the like, oh, we're all Christians, so we we all have to be nice. Mm. And I'm like, that's not what that means. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not at all what that means. Yeah. Um, it often means that you're you're not being nice just to be nice. You're not being yeah. polite. Um, like politeness doesn't have a lot to do with Christianity, I feel, and they've been created into this weird synonymous thing that they're not. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird balance, and yeah. you know, even outside of that, like I, you know, like I've created this platform, something that you know, it's like doing good, making a difference, you know, empower, love, yeah. celebrate, and what does that mean? What's that look like? How do I, you know, like how how do I manage my emotions you know I, I i have strong emotions i i've talked about it multiple times the biggest one is like people on the road drive me crazy you know like uh, a yeah. finger out of you know the right field is not out of the realm of possibilities and it's not something that i you know i'm proud of it's something that i'm trying to you know fix and do differently and but i i'm i'm not perfect <laughs> and yeah, uh I feel that. <laughs> but how how to balance you know that exact thing uh how to balance those emotions how to balance having strong opinions not agreeing with someone what does that look like in so many ways yeah. you know and I, I honestly one of the things that comes to mind is jesus going into the temple and tipping over the table and you oh, know he he's pissed he was pissed <laughs> You know, yeah. and it's like this righteous anger and we don't talk about yeah. that. You know, yeah. it, it's a it's not something that's really talked about a lot in in like evangelical church culture. I don't feel like and then but even someone who feels I feel very removed from that culture. I, yeah. you know, I don't but I still look at that and go like, you know what? He was an awesome dude. Like he he's he's right. Like, look at this. Like, here's an example of someone that that is both good, doing good, doing great things, being positive, having impact and influence and whatever, but also sticking up and standing up for those and the things that he believes in and, yeah. um, you know, a way or in which isn't entering. necessarily, no, no, it's, it's fine. It's just not in a way that's like necessarily socially acceptable. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally. Or even just feeling the, the kind of, permission to have big emotions like yes jesus had big emotions when he was flipping the tables he had big emotions when he was weeping in the garden he had you Mm. know like yeah he had big emotions when he was hanging on the cross and screaming why have you forsaken me like yeah that those aren't and we've we've minimized so um i read so i'm saying i what i was going to say is i've I think that Christianity, like Christian culture, has minimized the the breadth of feelings that we allow people to have. 
And as someone who grew up with really big thoughts and really big feelings all my life, yeah. like I just felt so acutely that I was not allowed a place at the table. Um, and my thoughts and feelings weren't welcome. Yeah. And you need to be accepted by being smaller. Mm. And that's not something that I'm interested in. Yeah. Like, I am interested in full authenticity. Like, I'm going to yeah. bring you my joy, but I'm also going to bring you my shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring you my baggage. I'm going to bring you all my happiness. You're going to get all of all of me. Yeah. And that's not, Yep. you know, that's not optional. No, I don't feel that it's optional either. And that's, this is where, like, our conversation before, I think some of it's, it's those things, right? Like, I feel like a lot sometimes. I, I feel like I'm trying to, and I don't, again, I'm trying to figure out if it is really related back to, to what you're kind of talking to and like the Christian roots and those, I just don't know. Like I, maybe it yeah. is and I'm just not aware of it, you know, and I haven't yeah. been aware of it. It could be, and this is like, you know, you, you know, at least I'm assuming you're probably similar to me. Like this is going to be one of those things that like sits in my head for a while that I'm going to think oh, about yeah. and regurgitate and process and eventually i'm going to come out with an opinion and a thought on it but it's as new and uh i've never thought about it that way but i think those are the things that when i look at my fourness in these lots of emotions and and not in a masculine way right it's not that that's not the part that's why i keep going back and forth it's in a way that like i think i've tried for a really long time to mask my emotions in some ways and to like be this like perfect person um and be authentic at the same time which are like fighting at odds with each other absolutely not possible yeah they're like ramming your head through a wall um and so I think that I've been trying to quote fix some of those like thing these things about me so like hearing that like oh this is just who you are is like well shit like now what (laughs) you know and I think that that's part of it's where I'm like really like here you go, like, here you're, like, how, and I, I do think that it is my responsibility to be in control of those emotions, and to know when the right time is, and not just to, you know, vomit my, myself out into the world, and to everyone, but well, there's a, there's I, I a fine line, manage, though. yeah, like, I, well, I manage, like... I think, I, I see those, yeah, control sounds a little, more extreme than manage but i think manage is the what i'm going for maybe that's just a better usage of words yeah because i feel so i feel those as like really separate concepts um of control and manage so like control to me is like if someone hurts your feelings don't feel upset and manage Mm. is find an appropriate time and way to express your upsetness yeah and so i i'm like I feel like manage allows you to feel the fullness of what it is without having inappropriate or knee-jerk reactions. Mm. Like today at work, someone said something and it was unnecessarily personal and it, it hurt my feelings a lot. So I, and I was sitting with someone and I was like, Hey, I'm going to take a walk. And for five minutes, I, called my mom and I was like mom and right (laughs) weeping and and really upset for five minutes and I took a walk and I left the building and 
then I came back and I was fine. Like I was yeah. able to, and so that was. That's your way of the, managing yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's, I completely, I completely agree with you with that. Like that's, that's more what I mean, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely control I has a different connotation to it than manage for sure. Um, Sorry, I have like a really visceral reaction against like because I I always yeah. have this feeling of like people are telling me to control myself and I'm like control yourself. If you think this is gonna yeah be tamed, then you're very wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you'll just wait and see. Yeah, no, and I guess that's I'm we're on the same page because yeah, I totally. I would use the word control, but I think manage is a better word. Um, the it's the not lashing out with my emotions because my feelings were hurt right or having yeah. this like having this resentment or i'm a i have and i don't know where this comes from but i have these like things with trust you know i'll trust you until you until i can't you know until you've yeah. proven otherwise but yeah. those personal those things that, otherwise it's completely over forever right it's like yeah. hard line. It's going to take it's a lot to get you back. Be. Yeah. Um, and then even then it won't be the same. <laughs> right. Right. Because I know that the potential to hurt me is wrong. Is there. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Nope. Totally. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So like for me, it's something like that where I go, I go the extreme side of things and I don't want to have those, you know, you calling your mom is a perfect example of me being like, I, and I've started to do this more with Dana and my wife and mm -hmm. just be like, Hey, like I'm really hurt by this, not with by her, but like something, you mm -hmm. know, and just talking it through and like helping, uh, kind of bring myself back down, I guess, to, to reality in some ways. So they get fired up about that kind of stuff or something that's like hurt me or whatever. But yeah. And I don't know, I don't know where that comes from exactly, but yeah, it's something that I, Maybe it's maybe it's the poorness. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean it's probably just a combination of a lot of different factors. Yeah, yeah. So and managing those emotions, managing those feelings, managing yeah appropriately, you know, instead of yeah instead of having those like visceral responses that I like don't feel like I'm in control of. Um, oh yeah. But actually totally. having managing those emotions where I'm like. I can, I don't have to say the first thing that comes to my mind whenever I've been slighted or hurt or, you know, feel wronged or yeah upset because I, you cut me off and whatever, slowed totally. down on the road. <laughs> totally, totally. I totally feel that. I also, like, I have both the blessing and the curse of being able to come up with really good zingers in the, on the spot. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I, it sometimes takes everything within me to not use that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, do you know how deeply I can cut you? Yeah, off? right? <laughs> <laughs> I could whittle you down to your core mm. with one word. Yeah. And it's so, it's so that, like, there are really, it's, yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of, like, I have to know my, like, place, oh, and, <laughs> yeah, I have to know my environment, if I feel safe in that environment, or if that's one that I can, yeah. like, throw those zingers in, watch out, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with Oof. you, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's rough, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I, I would love to just rip it out. Yeah, 
part of that comes from having a very, very eight sister growing up. Um, Ace are the challenger. And so they're the ones who like to test to test your luck for them they'll mm. just pick a fight yeah and i'm like i don't understand this but <laughs> damn she had good singers growing up and, it, <laughs> and i learned from her but i was also like deeply hurt by many things like her said growing yeah up. and so it was it just yeah yeah oh, you man. you learned like, to uh, been, protect like, yourself with your words huh? you said you learned to protect yourself with your words Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes that means fighting right back. Yeah, exactly. I hate it. Yeah, right? Because you feel terrible afterwards, like later. Oh, totally. But at the moment, you're like, ha-ha, I got you, sucker. really good at coming up with it. Sorry I won. Yeah. Yeah. Or the the terrible, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm. Yeah. Has hurt me more than well. That's that's an overstatement. (laughs) There have been times when I'm like, "Don't you dare apologize for my reaction to your assholeness." (laughs) It is not my fault that you're being an asshole. I love that. That's awesome. Totally. Oh, so funny. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned something earlier too with um, you know being the like black sheep you know of the family or whatnot and i was that like hit home with me because i'm an only child so like so like i had this i wasn't the black sheep but i didn't have anybody else you know yeah and so i think that fosters a lot of my foreness and yeah some of that but um yeah sorry I, i just thought that was like little little bit that stuck in my head so Absolutely. What do you, where do you work now? What do you, what are you up to now? Um, yeah. So after Bethel, um, I started working at a middle school. Um, I was a voice teacher for about four years. Um, what does that entail? What does it mean to be a voice teacher? Basically I, um, I was really lucky that there were a lot of students that were interested in taking voice lessons, but I didn't work for the school. I basically ran my business within the school. Um, so that meant nice. a lot of learning how to be an organized human because I never learned that before. <laughs> um, and like learning how to do taxes by yourself mm. as a self-employed entity um, and all those things that I'm so not good at. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I can, you know, my mind can function in that way, but it just doesn't naturally fit there. Yeah. Um, I'm much more the, like, uh, I would much rather be the crazy voice teacher stereotype than I just, um, <laughs> but there's, there's a whole lot of business on the back of that. Um, so I yeah. ended up, uh, you know, having, like, having access to the building and being able to uh, to kind of have my own office within the choir room. And I was really fortunate to work at a school where the music program was a really strong program. Um, and all students every year were required to take a, a, an art class. Okay. Um, and so there was a full choir for every grade level, plus elective choirs. Um, and that was a full class. So a full hour every day for like five days a week. Um, so there were full choirs at every grade level. There was a band for every grade level. Um, excuse me. Uh, there was a, an orchestra and a piano lab. 
so a really strong music program. And um, so I would basically just come in, I would schedule my lessons throughout the week, and I would just snatch kids out of choir class um, and teach them one-on-one. So we cool. would work um, more closely on like technique and artistry and um, and a lot of it was kind of figuring out the the insecurities and the anxieties and frustrations and all of that that were leading to vocal issues, not necessarily mm. like the actual physical voice box or vocal yeah. cords or a diaphragm or whatever you know like a mentoring a rule and yeah there's a lot anatomically that goes into singing but it's like i would say like 96 percent mental yeah <laughs> so if your mind isn't in the right place your body won't be either mm-hmm. um and it's all so so connected yep so um a lot of it would be like the first lesson i'm like okay sing this pattern whatever play on the piano and then the kid opens their face and doesn't make a sound and I'm like okay why are you scared to sing in front of me um and that like first question yeah can you make sound in front of me I don't know <laughs> um yeah. exactly so um. I'm like a little nervous <laughs> and it's <laughs> like that, that was so good yeah whatever like totally every time um, and so they would have a half hour with me a week, um, or sometimes a half hour twice a week, depending on kind of what they, what they signed up for. Um, and I did that for about four years and then it became so, but like through that time, I, you know, kind of like peaked at my, at my like emotional stamina <laughs> and then just really hit a wall. And I was like, I understand that middle school is the worst time to be alive, but I just don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> like, I can't sustain this. Yeah. And I, I really just, it was so heavy and frustrating. And like, I found it such a burden to go to work. And I was like, this isn't what I want anymore. Like, I, I want to teach music to students who love music and don't find don't find it to be heavy yeah um this is not what i like this isn't what i wanted um and so and it like it was also just like not a great uh environment with the it just wasn't it just wasn't what i wanted anymore yeah um and what i needed to like the environment that i needed to be in um, and I felt really isolated and lonely and I felt like I didn't have a lot of community. And this was while I was working in churches and felt really isolated from my faith as well. Um, and so it was just like, it was just kind of a lot all yeah. compounding together. Overwhelmed um, time, so, sounds like. Yeah, totally. And, um, and again, it wasn't like one specific thing. It was just kind of all of it. Um, and so I ended up leaving that and um, kind of transitioning into my current job, which I am a um, business office manager at a memory care community, oh, <laughs> which cool. is pretty much the exact opposite of yeah. middle school boys program. To elderly um, seniors. Yeah, totally. With so memory issues. There's, oh, yeah. So we, we record. 
require a dementia um, diagnosis for for admission to live in our community. Um, what did you say your your title was again? It's a business office manager. Business office manager. So um, that means that there's currently fifty six um, dementia patients living in the same building, which means like a lot of weird shit happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like there are so many just funny and strange stories that I could tell you that are are just ridiculous. Um, and some really heartbreaking ones as well. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's, yeah, it's a lot. Um, Well, I, I was a caregiver. I don't know if you know, but I was a caregiver for elderly seniors and mostly, uh, most of my clients were, you know, had dementia or Alzheimer's of some form, you know? You get it. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, I was doing 24 hour shifts and, uh, with a couple different clients. So yeah, I would stay with them in their homes, you know? their condos or their their homes or whatever and um yeah so yeah and then I worked in the office at the the same place um as the um scheduler the lead scheduler there so yeah no I uh I gotcha I know exactly where you're coming from the stories are endless and both (laughs) in heartbreak and in like beauty and in hilarity and (laughs) All of the above. Insanity. Insanity. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, my job is to do all the minutia of what a business takes to operate. So, um, all the like, you know, accounts payable, which is like invoices that come in for, you know, like lights and, um, and like I don't know, yeah. linens and and all of that, all of that stuff that a building needs. Um, you know, pest control, whatever. <laughs> right. So kind of doing all of that. Um, and then accounts receivable, so like charging rent and stuff, um, asset management, payroll, HR, um, just all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's a that's those. a fun gig though. That's. It is. I, it is. I like very much could see myself in a role like that. I, I that's like. Yeah. It's like the jack of all trade, master and none, but like staying busy. Yeah, but you're <laughs> yeah. like busy. Everything's different every day. Constant totally. change. Like not stuck in one little, like monotonous like thing you do every day. But kind of similar. Yeah. You can hit your routine, hit your, hit your stride, hit your routines, and yet at the yeah. same time, it's enough change and change of pace to keep things interesting. Yeah. And it's nice to to know that no two days are going to be the same, mm. but know that everything that comes my way is something within my capability. Yes. So that's like a very comforting place for me to be at right now. Um, and I needed something that was like mentally challenging, but not emotionally taxing uh, because I had spent so long doing things that I like, I can run a voice lesson in my sleep, man. Like yeah. it's, it's whatever. Um, I don't, I don't struggle with the, the like practical how to voice lesson. Um, but it was so emotionally taxing that my heart just got tired. Yep. Um, cause again, middle school is the worst time to be alive and they all let you know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, they do. In a variety of ways. A lot. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I was a... like, and it, I get, I got to a point where like, 
I was like, dude, I don't care what someone said two lunch tables over. I just want to get you to learn this song. <laughs> and yeah. once I got to that point, I was like, oh, I'm not but, healthy and doing yeah, anymore. But that's I what really you need. need to not do, like, and so I took off. Um, I took off teaching for about six months. Mm. Um, and and I really dug into performing again, which I hadn't done because I was teaching so much. Mm-hmm. And I really got to love music again. That's awesome. And that was such a, like, it's always been such a crucial part of my identity is music. And so I felt like, and I, I realized, like, when I when I felt disconnected from music or felt like music was just um, mechanical or when I felt like music was a chore, I really felt disconnected from myself. Yeah. And like that, something was missing or like... Yeah. You yeah, weren't on I, the right purposeful path, you know? You weren't living life on purpose or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I got really like that connected with the opera company in town, Satsen Lyric Opera. Um, So I'm the administrative coordinator for them, and I serve on their board. Um, So I got really involved with them. I was actually in their most recent opera, um, and I I had a role for the first time, and that was really exciting. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. So that was was really actually two roles. Um, But we, so I got to do that and perform again and I was really involved in musical theater as a kid um and into high school but I didn't I hadn't acted a lot recently because I had gone more into sacred music yeah Uh, but then I got kind of burnt out in that community and I was like I miss being on stage and being in costumes yeah you know like I, I kind of miss the annoyingness of wigs and yeah. <laughs> they take up and sure. <laughs> like I there's this like routine and um and kind of sacred process that happens during a show and like you all get so crazy bonded and I miss that and so I got back into that and I was really happy with that and uh, did two back-to-back shows with two different organizations and while still being in a choir and also section leading at a convent and like wow that's so fun it just dove right back in and it's it's really been like such a thrill to be performing again and that sounds like such a like uh an artist thing of like once I stopped teaching and started performing I felt like <laughs> No, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. It was yeah. it. The it's teaching not was a thing. For the glory, it's for the identity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You love music, and that was part. It's yeah. part of who you are. So yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's you. You have performed for the what is it? The South Bend Opera. The South Bend Lyric Opera. So SBLO. Nice. Uh, is is our little acronym, and I help with the administrative stuff there um, because artists are like the most disorganized. Crazy all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, so cool. I'm like, do you know what's necessary for a company? W nine. Let's have contracts. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> do things so. Hundreds of dollars. 
maybe we should put that in writing. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, and I, I'm pretty good friends with the founding organizer, or the founding uh, artistic director. Uh, and I, <laughs> I told him one day, like, hey, you're going to take me out for coffee. And he was like, <laughs> I am. And I said, yeah, you are. And so then we went out to coffee, and I was like, listen, I love you. I just want to say that out loud. I love you. <laughs> like, oh, that's really sweet. I love you, too. And I was like, you're the most disorganized human I've ever met. <laughs> and and I'm going to help you. <laughs> I need to be so much better, and blah, blah, blah. And got into this, like, started on this really self-deprecating route. And I was like, hold up. I wasn't done. You're the most disorganized human ever. But I'm good at stuff like this. Yeah. So if you hire me... Yeah, I, I can help you. you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and he had like the most like crazy joy-filled look on his face, and he was like, "Really? <laughs> yeah, man. Please, <laughs> you do it." Yeah. And I was like, I've been really hurt by a lot of organizations that are so disorganized that they can't function, and I, in fact, was hurt by you and i don't want that to happen to me or other people yeah (laughs) yeah let me let me jump Um, into this let me help you yeah yeah totally totally um so i'm i'm helping them out i am on the board for the choir that i'm in which sounds really crazy but um helping out with them too and serving as a section leader representative and all of that so, That's so cool. it's all it's all really cool and i i never like anticipated getting into arts administration but it kind of makes sense with like how and how my brain works in like seeing structure and order and looking mm. at a system and saying like we can do this better than we currently are uh-huh. yeah here's how to streamline this process <laughs> sounds familiar um <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, huh. I like to credit that to fours integrating into one of like seeing organizational patterns. Man, that's a uh, real thing. But yeah, totally. Um, but also saying, like realizing that it's for the purpose of putting art into the world. Mm. And like that's why I'm so passionate about making sure that SBLO stays, like A, stays afloat, B, keeps artists, and C, treats them well you know like i want to make sure like i as an artist within the organization want to be treated well right so i want to set up the systems that make that happen yeah let's not burn bridges for because of things that are within our power to actually you know change and do differently let's at least do our due diligence to to remove things that are going to hinder our ability to be successful and and to uh bring talent in and keep things going i get that yeah and let's not be victims to our own systems. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. and it's things like that. Like, it's funny because I feel so strongly about those things. And just you walk into, I can't help it sometimes. Like, restaurants are the classic thing. Or, like, where I'm like, oh, see, you, you missed an opportunity here. You know, or, like, the you things just of. just move this over here, your life will be easier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, there's a book, um, Dana's boss actually gave it to her to read. It's called, Why Are You Making It So Hard For Me To Give You My Money? It's like, Ugh. Waymish is what the book is, the, but it's like, why are you making it so hard for, yeah. to give me, for me to give you my money? 
And the whole concept is, is like, you know, you're like, just don't make it so hard. You know, like I want to give you your my money. Why do you have to like make it and put it in these like loopholes that don't work? You know, and yeah, I, I was reading this book and I was like, yes, this guy gets it. Like <laughs> he, gets it. he gets it. But it's those things, and <laughs> it's you know, and the, processes. yeah, 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 like totally. just it doesn't have to be difficult. It's it's just like working with people and and making them happy. In, in so many ways, like doing just going yeah. a little bit out of your way. It doesn't just because it doesn't fit your little box doesn't mean or, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, or like stop going out of your way. Or so stop like, going out. Of, yeah. Often, often the easiest solution is stop do something. Yeah, stop. Like yeah. Hold up here. Maybe, yeah, yeah, and just to say like to say to be a yes man, you know. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I can totally, whatever. And, like, if it's easier for someone to hand you a check and you get it to the right people later, great. Yeah. Say yes. Don't say, uh, uh, uh. uh no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Tessa, what would you say you're most proud of to date? Ooh. Um, I think... I think something that I'm most proud of is um, is my is my emotional stamina through mm. like through relationships, through jobs, through whatever, and and like my ability to to be with someone through the fullness of a process of something. Because like if if you experience a traumatic thing, you you can call someone and say like you know hey this thing just happened i need help and that person can come but like there's there's a years long process behind it yeah and you need people at every step of that and so there have been a lot of people that um that have gone through terrible things but i'm i feel like i'm able to this sounds really conceited as I'm like saying it out loud, but I'm like, I feel like I'm able to kind of live through it with them day by mm. day. And even if all I can say is, man, that really sucks. Yeah. Sometimes it, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, I don't need a solution. I need someone to just sit in this with me. Yep. Um, and, and I, I'm just starting to realize that that's, that's the truest way that I know how to love people. Mm. And to me, that's just what love is, you know, it's it's me being here for you at every step, no matter, no matter the thought, like it's a very sacrificial, um, mindset and posture to live in, but that's what I want to be, you know, like that's, that's who I, that's both who I am and who I want to be. Yeah. And And it gives you purpose and value and, yeah, and it feels good to be so there for people faces yeah totally it can have so many different faces and so many different um kind of ways to to look out but um like i i just kind of i want to be that person that people can say like oh she's gonna she's gonna be there for me through this yeah and if i you know if I need anything, she's, you know, she's the one who's going to stop at a pharmacy at three o'clock in the morning and come bring me whatever, Yeah. you know, like that's, that's kind of who 
that's just who I want to be. And I want to be that person and, and be that fierce, fierce friend, you know? I love that. Um, and, and that's, I think that's something I'm both proud of and proud to be working toward. I love that. That's great. Yeah. On the same note, you, you said kind of working toward as well. What do you look forward to most in the future? Like, do you have any goals and ambitions that you're kind of working towards right now? Um, yeah, I have, um, I have a dream that in the next couple of years, I'm going to go to grad school and get a master's in vocal performance. Um, and I would super love to like someday be an opera singer. Uh, and that's, that's really my dream is to have a debut at the Met, but, um, that's so cool. Yeah, totally. That's, that's, I know that there's a lot of, a lot of steps in between there. Um, but, and I, I feel like I'm, uh, in intermediately, I guess, um, I'm working on putting together a recital because I haven't done one for like five years. Um, uh, unless, I mean, so a couple of years ago for my birthday, Janelle put together this recital for me and she like a month before was like, Hey, I have a venue. Here's the time. Wear a pretty dress. Here are your songs. Bye. <laughs> and it was like the kindest and most beautiful gift that anyone has ever given me was That's awesome. like, here, invite your 15 closest friends who are all musicians and they're all singing too. And you know, like it was, it was really gorgeous. Um, so that's something that I'm working toward. But most of all, I think, I think I just want to be working toward or like doing the emotional work of being authentic to myself yeah. and being um, both unyielding in that and also really like really gentle in that. Sure. And I don't know how else to describe that. I don't know if that makes sense. No, <laughs> it does make sense to me. I don't know if everybody else out there understands what the what that means, but Yeah, but but like being being unyielding in in the idea of like this is who I am and there's nothing that you can do about it. Yeah. But also being gentle in and generous in how I present that to the world of like I can I can put that away for a second to be here for you yeah and and this doesn't need to be about me right now but i do i i am gonna set firm boundaries yeah but i will give you every ounce of what is within your boundary mm. i feel and, that and experiencing the fullness of those relationships without signing on for more emotional baggage and trauma <laughs> yeah i get um, it i totally get that yeah, yeah. I, 100 yeah. percent that is like i've i feel very much strongly about that as well it's like trying to to do those exact same things of being authentic being i'm i'm going to give i'm not going to commit to something that i'm not willing to go all in with and so i'm going to draw boundaries and i'm going to you know do those things but when I've committed to something like I'm yours, you know, and like yeah. you, you know that I'm here for you and you know that that's yeah. something that I'm going to give and um, within, like you said, within that boundary, within whatever that parameter yeah. might be. But Yeah. And just practicing radical kindness. Mm. That is, that is something that I have, I've found so much 
like warmth and freedom in in relationships yeah. where people are practicing radical kindness. I'm writing that um, down. Radical oh, kindness. I love it. Um, and it, it's such a beautiful thing when it's lived out in like a really free and giving way. Yeah. Of, and so that I, authentic. It's the it's the yeah. you know, I keep saying this is like it feels good to do good. But the intention yeah. has to be good as well. And that's yeah. the caveat, right? Is that as long as the intention is in good faith and like you, you, you intend to do good with a good intention, you know, like your heart is in the right place. You're not trying to like do good to swindle somebody out of money or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I think it's great and it feels good. Like if you're doing it genuinely from your heart, authentically, and it's, it's something that means something to you, it feels great. It's awesome. And I want more people to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's so much disunity within the world um, that even the smallest acts have become radical. Yes. Uh, but that's something that I want I want to to be doing and I want to be practicing and and practicing freely and honestly and like the the idea that you know there's a, a love shared out of obligation isn't love and mm, yeah um, and like community without kindness is not free and mm, you know like yeah. all of these ideas that that there's it has to be free it has to be honest it has to be true it has to be real, you know, yeah. like all of these things. Yeah. But once it is, it's the most glorious yeah. thing ever. Absolutely. Ever. Let and it's so beautiful. And so, like, sure, I can prattle on about my career dreams and whatever, but I, I'm more concerned about who I want to be rather than what I want to do. Perfect. Let's wrap it up there. We've got... Shane, thank you so much. Yeah, oh. thank you so much. You want to leave us with anything? You want to uh, plug anything? I know um, you've got your own part of a podcast with your sister as well. Yeah, Plug man. it, girl, plug it. Yeah, so Janelle and I, uh, we co-host a podcast called First Women. Um, I think we're hilarious. Um, some other people think we're funny. Uh, people think we're annoying and you know what we just don't care as long as you're listening uh that's not fully true but you should totally go listen <laughs> um, I love it. we basically just tell each other the story of um the first woman to do blank so um we're telling these stories of badass lady pioneers and finding so much like feminist zeal in it and it's yes. so good um there is a lot of swearing <laughs> there is um always a good a good stiff alcoholic drink um got it it's a uh, it's mandatory and, right yeah oh totally um, <laughs> like we plan we plan who we're like whose <laughs> story we're sharing and also our cocktails with yes. the same amount of of attention <laughs> yeah i love it i love it yeah, it's so totally. good um and i actually used to be a bartender and so i perfect i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna do this cool whatever <laughs> fuck thing. 
And Janelle was like, cool, I'm just going to drink it. And I was like, great, <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> like a couple, a couple, uh, well, several episodes ago, I ended up making this like really complicated lavender elderflower gin mm-hmm. thing. And she was like, this yeah, is girl. Me. And I was like, man, it's so much more than that. You don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, that's fine. I'm going to drink a lot. Thank you so much, Tessa. You're so welcome. This was so much fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to. All right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Once again, tune in Thursday. That's tomorrow or today if you're listening on Thursday. Thanksgiving Day at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, our Thanksgiving edition of The Crazy Paysuno Live. That's 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Feel free to tune in and share your stories and your give some thanks to the world. If you enjoyed the show today, visit us on Facebook and Instagram where you can like and comment on our post. If you want to go above and beyond, please share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends, family, and random strangers on the street. Welcome to everyone. Thank you all so much. We love you. Peace!